This is where we uncover the simple traditions that successful business owners are doing every day to build a successful home life while still taking the lead in their business. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Wanda Howard. Today we have with us Nikki, and I forgot to ask how you say your last name. It is Baloo. Baloo. Awesome. Well, Nikki Baloo, it is so good to have you here with us. Can you please tell everybody um, what you do? And then I'll go in a little bit more on the details. Well, Wanda, thank you so much for having me here. First of all, it's a real honor to be here with you. And um, if you don't mind, I'd like to say what I do in the, in, in the form of a, of a brief story. Yes, um, please. I, I, I'm originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm actually a Christian from Iran. And wow. when I was a young boy, the Islamic revolution happened in Iran. And my uh, late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall. This wasn't going to be a great place to raise his Christian family. So he hustled us out of Iran. And eventually we settled in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, which is where I live now. And I thank God every day for my father and his pre-science. He took us out of tyranny and into freedom. Now, Wanda, I don't know if you've been following the news, but lately in Iran, there's been a lot of tumult. Uh, A young woman, 22 years old, by the name of Masa Amini, was murdered by the regime's thugs for the crime, in air quotes, of going outside without her hair fully covered. You see, in Iran, those tyrants don't allow women to go outside with their hair uncovered or their skin showing. Um, Basic human rights, basic women's rights don't exist in my home country. And You know, that's made me a real champion for freedom. I got to say, I know it's very fashionable in some circles here in the West to to jump on their high horse and say, America, the West, so oppressive, so racist, so sexist. And I just like, look at these folks. And I go, really? Have you been to the rest of the world? (laughs) Do you know what it's like over there? (laughs) I mean, really? Are you you really going to go there? You're going to go there with me. A man who lived there. You, go ahead. Let's do it. Let's let's mix it up because I'm going to embarrass you. You know, we live in the greatest, freest, most wonderful place in the world. Is it perfect? No. Has it made mistakes? Yes. But are you kidding me? This is a place that strives to have everybody actually be free and everybody have the best opportunities. And I think it's important that we all realize that, understand that, and don't let these people that are seeking to tell us this place isn't great to feed that lie to us. Um And my father, he was a believer in freedom. He was a believer in free expression and in free enterprise. He was an entrepreneur. He was a great man I ever met. Like Wanda, if he knew you and you were looking for a job, he'd get you a job. If you were looking to start a business, dad would set you up in business. He'd even, you know, if you worked for him and you were looking to buy a house or a car or an apartment and you didn't have enough money, he'd make up the difference. And you might think to yourself, what? Who does that? Well, the late, great Napoleon Ballou, that's who. And also, why would he do that? Well, number one, he was a Christian. He felt he'd been blessed by God. And it was his duty as a Christian to share those blessings with others. Number two, he did it because he could. He had the money, he had the wherewithal. He was successful. And so I want to be like that. I love this man. I loved who he was. I loved how he helped people. I loved how everybody respected him. You know, I loved how he just, he cared about every human being that came in front of his path. It was just wonderful to watch. So I want to be an entrepreneur just like him. I want to help people just like him. 
And so eventually I became an entrepreneur. And here's the first thing I noticed when I became an entrepreneur. There's a lot of good people that are attracted to entrepreneurship. You know, they want to help people. They want to make a difference. They want to build a wonderful business and a wonderful legacy for their family. And they want to, they want to do good things in the world. And yet many of them struggle, even the successful ones. A lot of them are a little bit nervous. They don't want to come across like they're pushy or like they're salesy or like they're reeking of commission breath. And so they don't go after business as fully or as hard as they can. Even successful people, even people with multi-million dollar companies fall into that trap. And it's because you know, they they don't want to be seen in, in, in a negative light. And what's bad about that is they miss out on business they should have had. And what else is bad about that is those clients miss out on good people helping them. And some charlatan marketer, some unscrupulous person jumps in and what they do is they grab, you know, that business because they're good at selling the sizzle, but they don't care whether they deliver or not. So the sum total of goodness in the world drops. How can I help these people? Because I, I, I didn't have that view of sales, you know? Um, and so I thought, well, nobody wants to be seen that way, but what if I could help people reframe how they look at sales? What if I help them reframe it from selling to service? Nobody wants to be sold. One day you don't want to be sold. I don't want to be sold. No. <laughs> Everybody wants a caring person to serve them, to advocate for them. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I love that. I love the platform of podcasting because like, so me and Nikki, we didn't meet until through a pod match type platform. And I've had people come on my show before and it's a little nerve wracking because you never know who's at the other side of the camera until you start having these conversations. And I've had a few people where I've had to turn them away and I've had to say, I'm sorry, I can't, um, put this out on for everybody to see, because there's just so much that people propagand things. So um, I say that because when I met Nikki, I knew that, okay, this is somebody that I want to get to know. This is somebody that is going to help people. And that's why he's here. And I love that you started with the story to explain what you do, because it's a perfect example of why, why join entrepreneurship, why build a business, why, even succeed in anything in life, it's when you have the ability to uh, take care of yourself that you're able to give that back to the people around you, to the world. So thank you so much, Nikki, for that example. Um, a few highlights that I want to make sure that people are aware of because these are super exciting. Nikki did um, publish a book called How to Make a Million Dollars. So you guys should go look that out on Amazon. Um, he's an executive business coach to coaches and he's known in his field as the go-to authority. So everybody pay attention. We're going to dive into this conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. So Nikki, I want to ask, and you kind of, you kind of went into the why behind what you do. So now I want to ask, what do you think was the number one thing that your dad did for you that helped you um, build your own kind of success? Honestly, he gave me an example of what a good human being looked like, you know, a lot of people think business is a numbers game. I don't believe that. My dad never believed that. I think business is a people game. One of my mentors said that. His name's Mark von Muser. And I think he's right. You know, the person that's sitting across from you, that's someone's mother. That's someone's daughter. That's someone's 
wife, that's someone's husband, that's someone's son, that's someone's brother. That's That person is a hero to someone. They've maybe been disappointed by life. Maybe they've even been disappointed by someone just like you who promised them everything and delivered nothing. And your job is to come from the heart. And a big mistake a lot of people make in business is they get nervous and they think about themselves. One of the reasons they, they, they don't want to come across as pushy and salesy is because they're worried about coming across that way because the attention is on them, not on their client where it belongs. When you are sitting with someone, you need to like be very curious about that person in front of you. You need to care. You need to wonder, I wonder why this person is here. What is it that isn't working for them in their life? That's important. That's powerful. And if you're doing that, um, they're going to feel that and they're going to want to work with you. Well, if you're focused on yourself and am I going to get the sale? Am I not going to get the sale? Do they like me? Do they not like me? They're going to feel that. The most important thing you can do is care enough about the human being in front of you that you put all your attention on them. Because what is business after all? One, the business is about solving problems for people for profit. It's what I call the seven-figure 3P solution, right? So you solve acute problems for wonderful people for an amazing profit. That's what you need to do in business. If you focus on them, on their problem, on understanding it, on bringing a solution toward it, then you won't be focusing on you and it won't come across as, as sales. It'll come across as service. I love this. I love this conversation so much because it's so true. If you try to play the numbers game, business sucks you out so fast. It's it's not fun anymore. It's easy to lose your motivation and everything else in life just is a little less fulfilling. So I want to ask, I know that there's parents right now listening and they've got to be asking the question, like, okay, your dad set an example of relationships matter and put the people first. What was it specifically that he did? Was Is there anything specific that like stands out to you, a memory or some way that he treated you on a day-to-day basis that parents can start doing to their kids to show that example? Well, dad would uh, spend time with us, which I thought was cool. He would take us to do things. Dad loved movies, right? And so he took us to watch movies and um, the movies he liked were Westerns. He loved folks like Clint Eastwood and John Wayne and Charles Bronson. And so when I was a kid, I went to a lot of those kinds of movies and I thought it was great. I thought it was great to be with my dad. I thought it was great to watch a great story and, you know, doing something like that with, with your, with your sons, with your daughters, I think is super, super important. Just spend time with them and do stuff that you're both going to like. My sons, they're not as much into watching movies with me, but they love going to sports games. So I take them to go see the Leafs. I take them to go see the Raptors play as I live in Toronto. I take them to go see the, the Toronto FC soccer club play. So those are some ways we get to spend time together. I love that. And it's so cool that it's oftentimes I feel like as parents, we get caught up into the, how do I teach big ideas, big things to my kids? And really this idea of just going, having fun, going and doing something that you enjoy together is 
has obviously had a huge impact in your life and not just helped you in your personal life, but also helped you in business. And that is, that's the coolest thing to me when we can start living in the realm of understanding not one area of our life has to suffer for another one to grow. We can have abundance in every area. So cool. So um, you brought up John Wayne and I love that. My great grandpa he told stories about John Wayne. They had a neighboring farm apparently with him. And so I have, I have stories about John Wayne. (laughs) I want to hear this. (laughs) And I, I honestly, they're more like uh, little tiny snippets in my brain of little details of mannerisms he had and that he would sit on his front porch and he was just a good old uh, country boy. And um he didn't take any acting classes. It was purely that he, the camera loved him and he just acted like himself. And so that's fun. I love that. Um, my next question is I, I want to dive into what you shared with me before we hit record for this episode. You, you talked a little bit about um, your relationship with your ex-wife. And I wanted to bring this up just to hint on the fact that I I think it's so sad when people feel like a severed connection or a um, failing relationship is the definition that they have failed or like they're the the broken link um, or that they can't find success after that. And I loved what you shared, so I'll let you share that. But for those of you who know my story and know like I was disowned by my family and being totally severed from everybody that I knew and loved as a kid, I am building massive amount of success in my relationships now, but I never could have done that if I had fallen into that trap of believing that I was too broken or I was too messed up or I couldn't get things right. And so Nikki, please share um, a little bit about what that's like for you and how you've moved forward from that. Well, yeah, just, um, about 13 years ago, my then wife, seemingly out of the blue, decided she didn't want to be together anymore. And I was devastated by that. I, I had no idea it was coming at the time, although in retrospect, I should I should have. And I, I went into a deep uh, negative spiral. I blamed everybody, including her. And it took me a long time in doing work with, with men, being a part of a men's organization, a couple of men's organizations, to really be able to forgive myself first and forgive her. And once I did that and I stopped blaming her, everything started to smooth out. We started to get along better. We started to be able to work together to make things happen. And right now, uh, you know, she and I cooperate in raising our two boys. And um, she's the easiest person in my life. She gives me the least amount of stress out of everybody. So it's it's pretty amazing if you think about it. Yeah, the, that is so cool. I think it is it divorce and everything like that is so sad and it's gotta be hard to go through. But the fact that you didn't let that get in the way of moving forward, of creating a good relationship for you, for your your ex-wife, for your kids. Like I really hope that those listening right now understand the abundant possibilities that come when you keep believing that good relationships are possible. Keep believing in the people across the table from you, just like you've explained business. Like it is not the end um, when something hard happens in a relationship. 
So with the dynamics that you're now in, how have you found, um, like, what are the ways that you help your kids? What is the most important thing that you feel like you can teach your kids? Honestly, I want to teach my kids not to be soft because we live in a time where kids are being coddled in a big way. So I, I push them to do their homework, to you know, do their best in sports. And uh, I also push them to tell me the truth. And that's, you know, teenagers, they have an interesting relationship with the truth sometimes. But um, that's what I'm going for. I do my darkness to make sure my boys grow up to be strong uh, honorable masculine men. That's my whole job as I see it. That's so cool. And it's so true right now in the world, like kids are being bombarded with the media and all sorts of different messages. Just like you talked about a great country that we are in. It's not perfect, but it is so good. And kids right now, they're being told a myriad of different <laughs> beliefs of what they should be like, what they should dress like, what they should look like, how they should act. And so it's, it's definitely a huge, huge thing. It's crazy. I mean, there's folks who are trying to sexualize little kids and I think that's absolutely nuts and insane. That's, Mm -hmm. that shit's got to stop right away. And the folks that are doing it need to be, need to be put away. In my opinion, like little children do not need to know what sex is when they're five, six, seven, eight years old. This is, This is the thing that I want to make sure um, our listeners lead with is there's, there's different ways to handle it. The age is not near as important as why the information is being given because kids are very different across the board. They're ready for things at different ages. And you as the parent are going to be the most qualified to know when they're ready for it. But for me, for example, I was sexually abused when I was four years old, but because I had never had that conversation, I had no words for that. I didn't know how to tell an adult. I basically told my parents that I was done taking baths. I didn't want to take baths anymore. And they laughed at me and said, keep doing it. And now looking back, I can see why. But at the time, all I knew was, oh, this is okay. I'm supposed to let this keep happening. And so I was continued to be sexually abused for another four years. And that didn't stop until we moved. Anyways, I share that because, yeah, it was absolutely terrible. Now I'm in a place and now I'm good. But my point with that is I, I do tell my kids when they're young about it, but I tell them about the beauty of our bodies, how our functions are and why it's so amazing. If we, if we, pour on to our kids about the the icky or anything that's a, this is what we're for is to be sexually driven people or animals, then yeah, that's not needed. But I think it's so valuable to give our kids the information that they need because they are being bombarded at early ages now with crazy stuff. So, yeah, I I agree with what you're saying there. Um, Absolutely. You want to be able to arm your kids with the information they need to be able to you know, protect themselves and be able to come to you if someone inappropriately does anything. But the stuff that they're doing in schools, like, you know, yeah. first graders and kindergartners with, you know, drag queens. I think that's nuts. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely freaking insane. And the people that are putting those on should be like, you know, put in jail. <gasps> what is wrong with you people? 
leave these little kids alone, let them figure this out at, at the appropriate age, which is not this. Yeah. And like, hey, listen, this seems to be like a coordinated assault on <laughs> families and children to me. And I have a real problem with that. Yeah, I agree. It's really, really sad that kids in the media I have seemed to take this turn of just another marketing strategy. They're no longer a person. Yeah. Um, that's that's terrible. That's wrong because they're our future. They're what we need to be able to give them the tools that they need to succeed in life, not form them into what society says they should be. So Amen. I have I have one last question for you here, Nikki. I want to know what was what's the story that had the biggest impact for you to be able to keep moving forward when things get rough? All right, I'll tell you. Um, good question. So a few a few years ago in, in my business, um, I was introduced to a woman. She had been the country director for one of the world's largest and oldest personal development programs, the country director for Canada. And she was incredible at what she did. And she brought someone uh, on to help her run the company who she thought was very talented. And at first, everybody got along just great. It kind of was a little bit like Steve Jobs and John Scully back in the early days of Apple, right? And just like Steve Jobs and John Scully, like they got along at first, but after a while their visions diverged and she was forced out of her own company, just like Steve Jobs was. Wow. How can you be forced out of a company that's yours? <laughs> you could. Yeah. And so she rough. floundered. She was bereft for 18 months. And when she was introduced to us, she was not in you know the greatest place, although I didn't really know this at the time. She was like, yeah, I'm ready. I want to get it done. And so we helped her. You know, she was a person with a heart and wanted to lead from the heart. So we just helped her double down on that. She needed a, a good message. So we helped her get a, a, a good message, like a really tight message, not a male message. She was working with entrepreneurs with $10 million plus companies that were burnt out. And um, her message was, I'm going to help you reverse burnout. Great message, right? That helps everywhere in life. And she did really well. In her first month, she made $10,000 in profit as a solopreneur. In her second month, she made $12,000. In her third month, she made $18,000. But in her fourth month, she made $62,200 as a solopreneur. You think about that. That's a wonderful amount of money as a solopreneur. That's awesome. So she lives in Ottawa. I live in Toronto, five-hour drive apart. And my oldest son, he plays soccer, or as I like to call it, the real football, because it's actually played with your feet. <laughs> and um, my son had a tournament in Ottawa. She had a son my son's age. I called her up and I said, hey, we're coming to Ottawa for this tourney. How'd you guys like to come and watch a game and have lunch with us? And she said, great, let's do it. So she came over with her son. We hung out, we had lunch, everybody had a great time. And then we drove back to Toronto. A few weeks later, we had one of our uh, branded thought leader immersion workshop. This is where we teach our clients how they can go from, uh, you know, wherever they happen to be to adding one to two zeros to their income and working less, working 10, 20 hours less a week. And we were at the part of the workshop where 
I do my famous upsell. This is where I show people how they can be a part of our program on an ongoing basis, right? So what I do when I do my upsell is I actually ask my uh, existing people to come and share their results. So I asked who would like to come and share. And before I could pick on anybody, she bounded up the stage and said, me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sounds good. And so after a, uh, you know, a moment or two, when she looked across the room, she started to cry. And I mean, ball, like sniffles, tears, you know, we got her tissue and like, you know, any red-blooded man faced with a crying woman, I panicked. <laughs> what did I do wrong? Why is she crying? <laughs> so, you know, she turned around and in between her sniffles and her tears, she says, Nikki, you didn't know this, but when you and your little son came to see me and my little son, my little son in that excited way little boys do went, mommy, 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 who are you going to go meet? And so I said to him, oh, we're going to go meet Nikki Baloo and his son. And she said, all of a sudden, my sweet little boy became very serious and, and very quiet. And he said, oh, mommy, are we going to meet the man who saved our family? Wow. And I don't cry in public. I'm old school. But I cry. We hugged. And then in between her sobs and her tears, she said, Nikki, when I first met you, the bank was about to foreclose on our home. I hadn't paid our mortgage in months. Oh. And my husband and I, we were fighting like cats and dogs every day in front of our three small children. It looked like we were going to break up and I was going to lose my precious family. You literally helped us save our family, took the financial stress off. Wow. So wow. I looked at her and I said to myself, wow. I had no idea. And I told her that I had no idea. She said, I know. I didn't want to tell you. And you don't have any idea what someone's dealing with. And I believe God put her in front of me to give me a chance to do his work and help another human being going through a tough time. And I ask God every day to give me more opportunities to work with more people like her and be of service to them. And secondly, we usually hand out registration forms and usually some people sign up, some people don't. And um, on top of that, uh, there's a few people who need some persuading one way or another. Right? Yep. Nobody needed any persuading this day and everybody was a yes right away. They all signed up. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I know this is audio, so a lot of people can't even see, but I'm like trying to hold back my own tears just because of the truthfulness of this principle that we've been talking about the whole time, that putting relationships first, you never know what the other person's going through. And it really does make the world a difference. So thank you, Nikki, for sharing that. So if people are hearing this and resonating with what you do and they want to be more a part of your world, how does what's the best way for them to do that? So I have a podcast called The Thought Leader Revolution. Go check it out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. I interview top thought leaders. And I also do something called The Thought Leader Nugget, where every week I um, give you a nugget of gold 
that can help you become a better thought leader and make more money. So I recommend that. I also have a website called eCircleAcademy.com. It's full of great resources. And if you want to have a conversation with me about your business, your life, there's a, um, a link I can share called eCircleAcademy.com forward slash appointment. And this is a link to get on my calendar. And I've got a bit of a screening process. you got to fill out an application form. Say, I want to make sure you're a business owner. And B, I want to make sure that you're dealing with something. Um, but as long as you're willing to go through that process, you can pick a date and time and we can have a great call. Awesome. Oh, that's incredible. I hope everybody listening takes you up on that offer because it sounds absolutely incredible. So thank you, Nikki, so much for coming. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Thank you for coming and thank you everybody for listening and we will see you all next time. I'm so glad that you were able to be here and discover more with us of what it means to be a successful parent. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rate interview so that we can reach more amazing parents who are looking for ways to truly succeed with their kids too. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at WandaHoward.Live. If you're like, holy cow, this was amazing, but I have so many more questions, then send me a DM with your biggest takeaways and all of your questions. I'll be sure to take care of you. Have an amazing day and I will see you in our next episode.